Welcome to another episode of the Annapurnaverse. I am your host, Alex. And joining me as usual in this cacophony of filmic love, it's Billy. Okay, cacophony. Cacophony. I don't know where that okay, came from. Okay, big one. First thing on a Saturday morning. I don't know where that <laughs> came from. overwhelming for me. <laughs> it was the spirit of this film. This film is a cacophony. Oh, it, something. It's a cacophony or something. Absolutely. Uh, well, of the film, today we are going to be talking about uh, Richard Linklater's 2016 film, Everybody Wants Some! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark. And joining us today to talk about this film is Jack. Hello. Hi. How are you today? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm really glad you put the respect on the exclamation point, exclamation point. Um, uh, I was going to call you out if you didn't. Oh, well, um, I was there. I was there. I, I, he was oh, gearing man. up for a fight. He was Dang. about to punch you in the face, the digital <laughs> face. Well, it's because he said everybody wants some, and I was like, oh, he's not done it. Because really, it's everybody wants some. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's an angry sun. It's, it's an angry sun, <laughs> as opposed to the angry sun we've had in the UK this oh, summer. Yeah. Um. In Texas, in America, which is where everybody wants some set <laughs> in the 1980s, <laughs> and it follows a group of uh, teenagers played by 30-year-old men. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All prospective baseball players at a athletics college in Texas, and um, I mean, is it an athletics college? Is it, a, is it not an athletics it's, college? Is it not like it's a, a it's a college? It's, or... I don't think so because uh, you know Zoe Dutch is doing um, uh, oh. like performing arts. Yeah, very true. Yeah, I don't think. I feel, like, um, I feel like every college in America is a sports college because they all just train up. Also, I'm just checking up. I don't think any of these guys were in their thirties. Were they not? Well, there's the whole thing of like. Apart from one who is, you know. Well, they weren't the age that you would be in college in America. Yeah, no. and trust me, one of my notes was exactly. This. <laughs> I just, I just had to check for you. I had to, I had to be like, hey. But do hold they on look a under twenty two? No. <laughs> <laughs> on this so um <laughs> oh, funny you should say that Blake Jenner <laughs> oh, yeah of course I forgot about that <laughs> um anyway so uh yes yeah, so it follows uh all of these guys who uh like I said prospective baseball players about to start college and um yeah they all just kind of party and do things and talk and play weird games and that's vibe uh, vibe yeah Vibe is the word. Uh, I was looking at the poster for Everybody Wants Some, and on the, uh, the the tagline is "Here for a good time, not a long time," which is incredibly ironic for a Richard Linklater film. True. Uh, he loves a lot. He loves he loves a long he time. Twelve years. A long time. Yeah. <laughs> what film is he making right now with Beanie Feldstein? <laughs> I mean, is that happening? 
<laughs> yes, uh, is it, it is. Happening? I've already done production on it. Sort of I think you can, uh, yeah, but you can quit production on that like at least three years in, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you I'm can't. a sometime adorer, don't get me wrong, but some, Linklater's going to be what? Like, Isn't he like 86? Isn't he 80 now? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's 62. He'll I'm be. Say, he'll, I don't he'll, think he's 80. <laughs> Well, you know, it could be. <laughs> right. Jack. Please let me know why you picked Annapurna's Everybody Wants Some. Exclamation point, exclamation point. This is exciting because before we started recording, I kept my feelings very close to my chest. You did. Um, uh, I, I didn't let you on to whether I enjoy this movie or I despise this movie. So, according to my letterboxed list of the top 20 films of 2016, uh, which I made in 2016, this was my number two film of the year. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. According to my Annapurna ranked list, it's my number five. Um, and according to my Richard Linklater ranked list, it's number five as well. Uh, I'm a fan of this movie. I'm a fan of Richard Linklater in general. Um, I, uh, I like that he takes his time with his movies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I went to see this, uh, at a preview screening at the Barbican with a Q and a from Linklater. I think it's an interesting look at masculinity. Um, I think it's all, I, I, my favorite things that Linklater can do is I think he's a wonderfully observational filmmaker and a real he can capture sort of human nature and human interaction beautifully and i think this works on that on those levels um i think its biggest flaw is that it's not dazed and confused um which is my number four link later movie <laughs> well you answered our usual question of when was the first time you saw this <laughs> so i'll jump in today alex when was the first time you saw this well, um as usual uh, just prior to the recording of this episode and same with me actually i watched it last night so i was slightly improved <laughs> from slightly improved from you um and hmm. <laughs> i'm really glad jack's here because i don't think i'm the target audience for this film which is such a cop-out like you know my first note on it it was it kind of reminds me of swingers which we all know Vince Vaughn's my guy. So I feel like this film was made and I know it's not like college related and none of the themes are the same, but there's just vibes in there that I was like, right, this is kind of like swingers. And I was waiting for it to kind of, I'm a, I'm a link later Stan. I, I, I like school of rock. I like, um, before sunrise and, uh, I liked boyhood from what I remember, I do need to rewatch Boyhood. That was a very long time ago now. Um, oh, I forgot. He did Where'd You Go, Bernadette? He did, yeah. I was going to mention which, that. Yeah. Which We've we already, did. You um, guys have already jumped into the link later. We did. We did. And we should have We should have done like a double pairing in retrospect. But Slaves to the wheel. <laughs> yeah, it's Slaves the wheel guy. The wheel. <laughs> which is why she's dead now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't. I don't really know. I, I think it would be unfair for me to say either way 
exactly where I land on this film. What about you, Alex? Um, yeah, I, where you say you kind of feel like you're not the target audience for it. I don't know if I am either. I suppose, yeah. like, if you're going to really dumb it down to who the target audience is, if the target audience is men, then I suppose mm-hmm. I am. But I don't know. I... <sighs> It's for frat guys. <laughs> <laughs> frat guys. <laughs> Sigma, boom. I can't believe you guys think I'm a frat guy. <laughs> um, I yeah, I don't know if uh, a two-hour film of a bunch of dudes acting like dudes in the eighties is my is my jam, really realistically um so this is a a film i mean it's not obviously not about baseball i was gonna make a funny joke about how everybody wants them is about baseball but they don't actually play baseball until an hour and 20 minutes into the film uh but of course (laughs) it's not actually about baseball um yeah i i feel like my my thoughts are very shallow on this um which is a bit sad really (laughs) that's okay i think i I personally got anything of of note from it, and I'm st- I'm fair. I'm, like to be fair, I'm still kind of a Linklater novice. I haven't seen many Linklater films. Yeah, he's got a he's got a hefty filmography uh, he at thirty three credits. Not, not all of them are great. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we've got our resident link later stand here to tell you exactly which ones are good and which ones are not so great. No, I feel like with this, it's got a lot of elements that I really like on paper should love. It's, you know, character over plot, dialogue heavy. Um, But I don't know. There was something I'm always searching for something in dialogue heavy films and it's usually rhythm related which i think was missing in this film which exists in before sunrise um i'm always intrigued about why like filmmakers especially filmmakers like link later decide to make movies and i wonder like what his connection to the story is like oh, did can he I, can i tell you yes please <laughs> we would love that. um so uh this was sort of positioned as the spiritual sequel to his uh, film dazed and confused um which is again a lot of so it's the that takes place at the end of the the high school year with everybody about to go off to college and it is about the the various groups of people who are all going to go to a party that night it's very american graffiti it's very again a hangout movie as uh, i think some of these have been dubbed and it, that mirrors a lot of Linklater's experiences from leaving high school. And this is very much, uh, I believe, supposed to mirror his experience of starting college. I think it also ties in a bit to the end of Boyhood, which is the film that is uh, immediately precedes this one, um, uh, where the end of that movie is uh, your boy Mason is about to go off to college and meet a girl and uh, live his life. It's it's almost it almost dovetails beautifully, almost. <laughs> In a way, it's kind of um, its own universe. Which there was a time on this podcast, which where we were linking films back to one another, 
where we've decided that actually it was not appropriate all the time. So, you know, I think that that's nice when a filmmaker can kind of link his, his, I've not seen Dazed and Confused. Alex, have you? No, I have not. No. And so I know it's like one of those ones where it's like, you've not seen Dazed and Confused? You're not a film lover? You know, so it's I need fine. to get to it. It's fine to, uh, <laughs> nobody should ever react like that to have not seen a movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, amen. But, you know. Apart they... from 20th Century Women, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> well, look. <laughs> we have standards here in the Annapurna. <laughs> and the standards start with, you should have seen 20th Century Women. I haven't seen anyway. Taxi Driver, fine. It's okay. Fellas, <laughs> nah, I don't care. 20th Century Women, how dare you? Okay, Alex, but which of those three films have you seen? And which one have you not seen? <laughs> <laughs> I would not like to divulge that information. <laughs> I don't know. I want to ask you, Jack, have you seen Swingers? Yes, I've seen Swingers. It's been a while. Um, so what are your vibes between these two films? I feel like they're of the same. I mean, yes, Swingers, I think, it again, just ends up in that sort of uh, hangout sort of realm. Um, just, very, again, very talky-based. Very. Di- I mean, obviously, that's sort of early 90s indie cinema, which is also where Richard Linklater sort of popped out from. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I do, I can definitely see some sort of connective tissue in that sort of realm. Um, say early 90s, Swingers, like 98, 97. It's 96, Swingers. Shit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's as old as I am. <laughs> oh, God, that makes me feel old. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of, I'm curious then to ask because a lot of comments we have kind of to say on this podcast is about um, timings of release with Annapurna films. Mm. And 2016 feels a bit late for this film. It feels like these films had kind of died at some point. And I don't think it takes the offense to the extreme of some other kind of uh, films in the same vein, but I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on like, um, yeah, like is 2016 kind of the era for this film? So I would argue, I mean, as long as a movie is good, it can come out at any time, um, uh, depending on its values, of course. Uh, and I think based on values, I think 2016 is possibly the last time that this movie could have come out. Um, that's interesting uh it just um i think things have changed considerably in the past few years and i'm not sure that this is the type of movie that would entirely work so much in the cinema landscape of 2022 um apollo 10 and a half however very good um, <laughs> um yeah so i i to be honest, like, I don't know. I think, you know, there's space for all types of cinema. And um, I think this is a very particular type of movie being what it is and from the director that it is. I think that type of director has their pocket of fans. It's similar to uh, perhaps like Kevin Smith releasing a new movie that feels like, well, this should have died out like 2001 at most, but um, it's still coming and the people who love it absolutely love it. So I, I understand the the question of like, um, uh, 
should should 2016 be a time for this but i think i'm i'm a hard to hard pressed to answer that one being such a link later stan and uh and not being able to imagine a world without it <laughs> i do you because you've used the word hangout movie mm. and i've been kind of just i've just been looking there at what else could be considered as a hangout movie like other films that are considered as hangout movies mm. and i think maybe here lies the problem that i have in the fact that i think i don't know whether hangout movies are my thing like i, f- I think i need a hand to hold i need to be taken through i can't just be i can't just i can't just be left like stood in the middle of the room going um ah so you're smoking yeah, weed now and you talk about the time zone and okay well, this is it it's expecting that you will be doing the same as well alex i've never smoked the mary jane so i i just couldn't, couldn't relate um, no. um but yeah like i'd like I'm, I'm kind of looking at movies and going yeah okay so i, I can't really say that i've ever properly watched what could be considered a hangout movie so maybe i was just like yeah this this is a um no where's the where's the plot what's happening here like it's an an interesting discussion because um on uh on my uh podcast uh truly happily madison in which we discuss every film from the happy madison production company um gotta love those production company podcasts oh yeah that's kind um uh we covered uh grown-ups with the guys from podcast like it's 1999 and one of the conversations we had was uh grown-ups is is quite a bad movie um and uh we discussed whether someone like richard linklater would be it's a hangout movie in itself grown-ups it is just adam sana and his buddies hanging out but it's so dementedly dull um none of us could really get into it we wonder if there if it would take someone like richard Linklater to perhaps make that a more interesting premise maybe here's my issue is wonderful so oh yeah that's what i was gonna say right because i was like i remember at some point enjoying some kind of grown-ups film (laughs) so maybe it was grown-ups too it'd be i'd be hard pressed to believe you could enjoy grown-ups one I don't really remember Grown Ups 1 or 2 for that matter, actually. Um, but I, I, I have watched them, I think. Definitely go back and listen to our episodes yeah, on them. I'll have cause... to watch them and then, yeah. <laughs> Some I mean, deep look, dive the, exploration. The, 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 the only I had, I just had to plug my own podcast, and I found a way to do it. So. No, of course, I you mean, would have got a chance at the end anyway, but that's fine. Like, we appreciate it. Yeah, every everyone tunes out by the end. You got to get there in the middle. Okay, right Jack, Jack's still exposing hooked. his viewing habits here, <laughs> but he's not heard the last fifteen minutes of every Anna Pen. <laughs> so. It's not true. It's not true. So I was kind of with you know we love to analyze Annapurna's trials and tribulations. Mm. Budget here ten million, box office five point four million. Who's to blame? The public. <laughs> I think it is true. I think that this is another kind of thing with like Linklater's films. Are they? They are quite small, character driven. I don't know why I think of him as like a mainstream director. I think it's just because of School of Rock. Yeah, I mean, he's got 
two sort of mainstream movies, one successful, one not. But like, yeah, School of Rock is a big success. Bad News Bears, not so much, and not so much as a film either. Um, I mean, yeah, even like stuff like Last Flag Flying or Where Do You Go, Bernadette aren't really big hitters. Mm. I he um he works better outside of School of Rock, which is a masterpiece. He works Correct. better on a uh, on a sort of smaller scale. You see stuff like the Newton Boys, where he's again t- dabbling with a bigger budget. That's a twenty-seven million dollar budget film, and it, yeah, it just doesn't work. I think in terms of like, I think your audience's point, Billy, is interesting because realistically, if there is anybody to blame in everybody wants some not making much bank uh, especially at the uk box office i think um is marvel studios oh do you know what? that's a shout because it's kind of like peak um that uh, civil, civil war was out was, time, right? civil war had just come out when everybody wants some came out in uk cinemas yeah so i don't know <sighs> what i was watching <laughs> that's yeah jack was like the the, the cashier was ready to just give you your ticket for civil war and then you said everybody wants them and they were like hold on what <laughs> everybody like, wants what <laughs> it's like when uh well, on the on the weekend of uh green lantern's opening and uh, a guy went i was like one for green lantern i said one for mr popper's penguins please <laughs> <laughs> one of them's a masterpiece and one of them i have not seen <laughs> one of them you know <laughs> One of them has germs of a Noah Baumbach. One of them doesn't. Oh, Noah Baumbach, love of my life. Um, <laughs> so I'm kind of interested to talk a little bit about uh, male gaze in this film. From your perspective, Jack, like I saw, so me and Alex had a brief, we try not to discuss, but we did have a, a very, very brief discussion about um, about women's representation in this film. Mm. And I saw a comment on Letterbox that was like, um, I've seen a lot of commentary about women in this film, but it, I think it's important to note that not nobody's likable in the film and it kind of gives grace towards the way women are treated. And I don't, I don't know really exactly how I stand on the idea of like women in this film. I do think that it is shot with a very specific lens that it's mm-hmm. made by a man that I can tell very clearly yep. women would not be shot this way if it was a female director um so I'm not I'm not entirely like comfortable with the representation but I'm kind of curious from someone who really did enjoy the film like what's your opinion no no I agree I I, I agree it's not the I definitely agree that it's not the best representation of women mm-hmm. um uh but again yes it's directed by a man who is essentially uh trying to chronicle his his um youth uh within this it's very sort of autobiographical um not to say that uh link later grew up disrespecting women but um <laughs> well, he's a man in hollywood yes um, <laughs> sorry that is not to start oh, he's, he's, a, man, he's a man in austin <laughs> disclaimers um, here we are not starting any rumors about richard link later thank you no, i've never heard anything when when uh, i i did go get a selfie with him after i saw this movie and he was very charming oh amazing um, <laughs> um he also said something that i've never heard a director say which i, I quite enjoyed um because most directors, you know, once they have their sort of Oscar failure, they're very modest about it. 
And he just said in the Q and A, he was like, "We should have won, right?" Which maybe he should have. <laughs> um, I don't love Birdman. Um, <laughs> was it Birdman that won over Boyhood? Yeah. Ah, well, I haven't seen mm-hmm. Boyhood, so I couldn't tell you whether. But I wasn't. Mm, I wasn't. I'm as, not sure which one I enjoyed more. I wasn't as jazzed on Birdman as everybody seems to be. Yeah, Birdman felt a little up itself to me, but I'm sure people could describe the same as Boyhood. Um, but uh, yeah, so sorry, I completely got off the topic because clearly I'm uncomfortable talking about such things. Um, <laughs> he said, "Women, what? women." women. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah, well, that's it. Like. I don't think he's the director to tackle that uh, in like. I don't think. I think this movie like could be a different movie if it tackled like the social issues of the time, but I don't think that's the movie that Linklater is interested in making. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's the movie that he could entirely make um, because he has rose-colored uh, glasses about this time period. Um, yeah, I guess it's like nostalgia elements of it. I do think like. At the end, I, I like I, I do understand that comment about uh, the every character being so unlikable, and I do also just understand that like this film is about like essentially boys' first time out of the home, mm-hmm. uh, and they are boys who are pretending to be men in this movie, and I think that's one of the interesting parts of it. You can like, and it's the same with uh, Zoe Dutch being a girl pretending to be a woman in this movie like she is you know still quite she's i i find her character very interesting being this sort of theater kid who sort of sees everything through that sort of prism uh mm-hmm. i do love the moment where she asks him uh if they'll be rehearsing the baseball game and stuff like that <laughs> um it feels very on point. In, me in high school <laughs> um so I think the, the the treatment of women is is no, it's not up to snuff. Uh, but I don't think that's entirely the movie's fault. I do think it's also the generation that it is capturing. Mm-hmm. Um, More of like a "this is the moment" type yes. thing. Yes, and again, also cap- the type of men that it's capturing as well. Um, yeah, I feel that. I feel like there's something about. Because there's actually something I really did like in this film is when they they have the split screen. Which <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, it's like Bratz, the movie. Oh my gosh, Rick. <laughs> Could you imagine Richard Linklater hearing me compare his film to Bratz? Uh, I think he'd the love 2007 it. masterpiece. Wow, <laughs> there you go. Linklater made something as fantastic as Bratz. Um, I really liked in there when she was, they were on the phone and then she was like, oh, this is so high school being on the phone. When like... <laughs> she just barely come out of high school they were there and five I, minutes ago <laughs> yeah exactly and you were saying kind of about how people get to this certain age and then suddenly it's like adulthood mm. and ladybird has something really nice to say about that in kind of the end when she's like at the hospital and then she's like she sees the kid with the parent and she's like oh i don't have a parent here i'm all alone no. and so it's kind of them like learning to move from boyhood to adulthood and kind of doing everything it looks like a college movie you know and they're doing everything that a college movie would expect 
of you to do. And it feels like they're doing the things because they're supposed to like when that he's trying to bring the girl up to his room and that guy is in the room and he's like, no, you can't do that. And he's like, that's my, one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. I actually did that, kind of enjoy that. Like, scene. The guy that um, plays uh, Billy slash Buta is um, the way he plays that scene is so hysterical to me. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. That was one of the ones that I did kind of like enjoy. I liked the back and forth in that scene. And it was like them bargaining between like, what was the right moral to kind of break. <laughs> It's also just like, it's even just that two guys who don't know each other now sharing a room are now like each trying to seek dominance in that sort of setting, Mm -hmm. which I, again, I think this is a lot of my favorite things in this movie is the competitions these guys make between them. Um, And even just like the fact that they're just transitioning from different music genres from night to night. The, for the gigs they go to none of these guys are settled in any way shape or form they're completely morphing and even why i think the character um wyatt russell plays willoughby is so fascinating is because he's a guy who never wanted to leave that space and has been pretending for many a year to uh still be in that space and, and in many ways you know that's probably link later as well that's uh link later not wanting to grow up <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a lot of there's um, Noah Bornbach's kicking and screaming, mm. which kind of covers that idea of you get to college and you don't want to leave it. And I think that's kind of like an, a a very American ideal. Um, I mean, there's and, definitely aspects of it here. Lord knows, yeah. university was great for me. It's where I became who I am today. But probably, like going in, I was not like these guys in the sense that. I was. I don't think I had as much of uh, of the charisma as a Glenn Powell, um, but um, you know, you are unsure, and you're trying to find your way, and you're trying to fit into areas that don't exactly fit you. Um, I think it's really interesting. Yeah, I think that like there's also the um, like more communal aspect of it in the US of. Uh, you physically have to share a room with someone, mm. whereas oftentimes in the U- UK, that is not the case. I mean, I didn't go to a traditional uni, so I don't really know if that's the case. But I I, Some people did share at ours, but I didn't. But we shared It's so that. wild to me, though. I find it so creepy that like you just arrive one day and there's this stranger like sleeping right next to you. It's terrifying. <laughs> uh, welcome to hostel life. <laughs> yeah again <laughs> horrifying to me that's why i enjoy being married because it's never the case <laughs> you wake up next to the same person every day i'm like oh yeah no my goodness. <laughs> oh, <thank God. laughs> yeah i don't know i think that there is kind of and this is why i really love having people come on who actually and not just enjoy but really admire and respect the film they're talking about because it helps me uncover things and I yeah like I said I didn't have like a traditional university experience um going to oh my gosh it's such a douchey douchey thing to say being like when I was in film school but (laughs) but like it's I don't know that that kind of existence didn't happen for me so maybe it's another reason why did did you um because I know I certainly encountered this when I was studying um film and it's commented upon in this film uh the idea that you're 
you started you when you got accepted you were sort of like the best person who knew about these sort of oh, things right. yeah, and yeah. suddenly you're now in a space where everybody was the best of what they are and you have to now prove yourself again yes I loved that bit as well so I mm. went to drama school before I went to film school mm. and drama school broke me as a person <laughs> and honestly was like the worst experience of my life and it was kind of that thing of like when you yeah, I feel like everyone feels that in school because it's so rare that you go to a university where you're the like you you know people that came from yeah. your high school and things. So like it does like start over and you can be someone completely new. And that's kind of interesting in this film is like we don't know who they were before they got here. Mm. We kind of assume they've always been this way, but they probably weren't. Like they were probably even more childish and yeah, immature than before they got to this moment. And I think especially it's, like the guys who've been there, not like um like the. Glenn Powell and mm-hmm. Tyler Hoechlin characters. Yeah, they were kind of like, yeah, that's also, <laughs> I know we're going back to talking about them being like <laughs> over 30. <laughs> they were not, you know, we've clarified that. <laughs> but they do, I think that there is something also about in America, everybody looks older than they are. And it, it's kind of weird to look at them and be like, oh, they're boys that look like men behaving like boys who are actually boys like it's a really kind of weird reverse psychology to try and figure out um there is one note i have from this film which is so stupid Uh, there's a part where they say uh them's the rules and it just gave me like a jump scare because of (laughs) boris johnson saying them's the brakes and i was like hold on a second those two phrases are very similar did boris johnson see this film and enjoy it and therefore i must hate it by default i think them's the rules existed before this film (laughs) i know (laughs) i know that now trust me i did extensive research after i was like (laughs) i need to find out like is this is this a thing that people say but that was just one of my like i always have to put in a random note after watching an annapurna film of like boris johnson did this oh you scared that um Boris Johnson might be a big Eva Annapurna fan. Yeah, I was like, we're cancelling the podcast now. (laughs) We will never talk about (laughs) this episode's getting canned. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I don't know. I was kind of, and then I had like a a flashback to him at like Oxford with the guys, like (laughs) acting out. And I just suddenly, my my brain switched off and I got scared. (laughs) Well, no, but that's it. That is it. it's funny um alex you brought up the sort of frat nature of it all at the beginning yeah and it's it's interesting to me because uh believe it or not i'm 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 not that kind of guy (laughs) um (laughs) i never played sports i hated the guys who played sports at school and all that kind of stuff and i was just i was you know shy weedy and uh walking around with headphones on listening to uh the wicked soundtrack um, <laughs> my uh, kind of person <laughs> and um it's funny because i remember when this film was announced and i was such a link later fan and i was like oh it's like a baseball guys movie okay if that's what you want to do uh, <laughs> like, i'll go there with you richard let's go uh, let's go to the go baseball <laughs> Got a nice poster, so okay. Um, so you were happy like, about the fact that they didn't actually play baseball until an hour and twenty minutes. <laughs> I do like the baseball scene as well, um, but this is it. I do think like these kind of guys are not my kind of guys. So I feel like being in the same room with these guys, I would hate it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, watching a movie 
I think I genuinely think all these guys, despite being older than they're supposed to be, should have had well, not Blake Jenner because we now know about him, but um, oh yeah, of course, gosh, have, I forgot that part. Should have had bigger careers after this. Like uh, I think they're all so bloody charming um, and spouting off dialogue very naturally that I could have seen them all do something. And I think it's more a comment on the changing shape of cinema and the sort of um, types of movies that are getting made. Uh, that is sort of the reason why I don't think we'd see as many of these guys anymore. Well, but I do, I do honestly. I, I Glenn Powell was my choice for best supporting actor that year. Mm. Well, very interesting. I was going to try and direct us onto the cast of the film. Um, and I feel like Glenn Powell has, has had his day now, being in uh, one of the biggest blockbuster films of the year so far. Time. Top Gun, Maverick, it's, it's, uh, in which he is really, really wonderful. Um, yes. And he was great in this as well. I, I was like, oh, that's that's Glenn Powell off of Top Gun. <laughs> He looks so much smaller than he does in Top Gun. I mean, yeah. His arms are like tripled in size. It is really interesting, though, how um, I have very similar criticisms for Top Gun Maverick and Everybody Wants Some in the fact that neither of them are nearly homoerotic enough. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) You're telling me a bunch of dudes are in our house together playing baseball, <laughs> and none of them are gay. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We never see the other house. I think Jane Eyers is probably getting up to stuff. <laughs> but it is kind of then again about the 80s. Mm. You know, men in sports, there's a lot of pressure, toxic true, masculinity. True. true. Um, I also want to mention Tyler Hecklin who mm. has my entire heart from the Teen Wolf years. Um, he dropped out of Teen Wolf this movie. He what? He dropped out of doing the fifth season of Teen Wolf to do this movie. Oh, damn. <gasps> Interesting. I didn't actually know that. Big, um, big moves. I now hate this movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was mild before, but now. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he, he was really good in this. I thought the... Um, the table tennis scene was 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 very funny. Oh, that was funny, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, and again, I feel like Tyler Hecklin's kind of had his days. He's, he's you know, he's getting the CW money with Superman and Lois. Um, although I I don't really know anything about that because I've never seen any episodes of it, so I don't know Sorry. if it's if it's any good. But still, he's there. It's <laughs> around. I think he's doing all right. Yeah, I think he is as well. Yeah, like I am looking at these names and I'm like, oh, they're not movie stars with like a capital M. Mm. Of which like, I feel like a lot of Link later casts do you kind of go on in. If you look at the cast of Dazed and Confused, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It's, it was like a who's who of who's going to be famous in like two years. I, I suppose Wyatt Russell's kind of having his day as well. I didn't think about, I forgot about Wyatt Russell. I think Wyatt Russell and uh, Zoe Dutch were probably like the two biggest names that I'd known yeah. when going into this. I didn't make it to Blake Jenner's Seasons of Glee. Um, mm, be thankful. Be thankful. <laughs> seasons sure. one to three, I'm out. Seasons one, yeah, uh, that is the best. Way. Seasons one to three, and then the quarterback episode of season five, and that's it. Yeah, I've seen that. That's it. That's all you need. 
Are you talking about Glee? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Glee. <laughs> oh, oh Glee. Glee. You have my heart in. I used to, unfortunately. Uh, I used to run the Glee Facebook page. So despite having not seen any episodes for three seasons, I was making all the contact. I feel like all of the true Glee stands stop watching after season three. Maybe. Anyone who was around after then was like, just, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm going to say. As well. I must put it, I'll put it that way. Antigen. Maybe Sue Sylvester should have been the coach, the baseball coach. She's branching out. <laughs> she's on uh, She's on Broadway now. <laughs> With the car, with a star of Glee. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's leaving before Leah Michelle starts. She's 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 been in that hurricane yeah, before. She yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's like, oh uh, yeah, I got a thing. Uh, they want me. They want me at Hamilton, so I'm just gonna. I've got like the, the final season of Mrs. Maisel to film. I'm gonna be in like Only Murders in the Building for five minutes. So I just I can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> So lads, I'm out. all these things I forgot about. Um, yes. So, but yeah, Wyatt Russell was brilliant in this as well. I think. I think he did did a pretty decent job. Um, <laughs> I like that he was brilliant in this. He did a decent job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was cool. brilliant. <laughs> I, it's just like two. <laughs> I'm not sure there's any me- like method acting involved in these roles. You know, it's just like a bunch of lads dicking about and ladding about. Yeah, exactly. Like, kind of what I like about it. Like, I do think they all seem so natural. Yeah, yeah. I think that there is one. I don't. I'm so bad with names and faces, but one of them I was like, "Oh, you like heard the word frat guy and then like <laughs> did frat guy." <laughs> Was it the other other new guy? The guy with the short hair? I don't remember. But there was one of them, every time they opened their mouth, I was like, I know we're doing frat, but this is like in your face, kind of, I don't know. (laughs) I'm not trying to be mean about it. I'm just saying. (laughs) I don't think you're trying to be mean. It's a film podcast. We're talking about the film. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's true i'm just mindful though because i don't want to be like because i really still even now talking about it i'm like i don't know that i have like a clear-cut opinion either way i think for me there was one scene specifically where i kind of tuned out and it was when they were like all having sex like every single one of them and the way that they shot the women in that i was like i'm i think i'm done here um yeah yeah i don't know link later you you kind of froze me out with the the framing it was simply the framing that i was like that kind of threw me threw me out and then the someone said the word were gazing yeah exactly and then the, the someone said the word slut and i was like no no, no i'm really i'm really I mean, out of here of, um uh, words there was a uh, the f slur was used um towards the beginning of the film as well Oh shoot! Yeah, it was. Gosh, there is a choice of a selection of dialogue in here that is kind of 2016, guys. It was six years ago. Really, not that long ago. Like we really kind of did move on at that point. Like it, it does. Every time we talk about an Annapurna film from 2016 backwards, I am consistently like, oh, film has changed a lot 
Like we haven't noticed how differently. Sorry, what did you say? I completely agree. Yeah, it is so strange how in just those six years alone. I honestly think it's the the world has changed a lot in uh, those years. I think, I mean, is 2016, 2016 is uh, the sort of start of the Time's Up movement. I yes. Believe. Well, I remember I was in second year and it was 2018 that was kind of like the peak of it. It was when they mm. were all doing it, like the Oscars and things. Mm. But I think it was probably, yeah, like the rumblings of it were happening around. I do think it's around that time. And I think it's around that time that it was. I remember 2016 being the year that everybody was like, this is the worst year. And then they had no idea what was to come. Um, mm. Uh but I, uh, I think, um, you know, yeah, things changed a lot from 2016 onwards for the better. Um, yeah, but- I mean, a hundred percent. I wish that like, I don't know. It's really, it's, it's very difficult when you had, I had, I maybe watched this in 2016 and then come back now. Like I kind of discovered this with, um, Foxcatcher when we did that episode of like, that was 2014. Am I right, Alex? Correct. Yes. Yeah. And so we kind of had a discussion in that podcast about timings and, and I don't know, it's really difficult because I did see that film when it came out and then I watched it again and I was like, Oh, my opinions are different. And I am just like excited for generations to kind of grow up with film. That's a little bit, a little bit, you know, we're nowhere near where we should be, but a little bit more sensitive and kind of aware of, of who it's, audiences are reaching i still cringe every time i watch bean girls and the r word is used liberally um yeah yeah yeah. but uh you know this is the this is unfortunately the world of art where things change based on timings and things get left behind without knowing yeah and i think it's really like a just kind of interesting that people will get to watch films like this. And I don't, it sounds so stupid to say, cause I really don't think that this film is like the peak of what's, what's wrong with like men in film. Like I think that it's quite clearly just a very small, intimate, no mad, like meaning harm is coming out of this film. But I think it does kind of show how, even from the films that Linklater's kind of made since, let me just check before I, <laughs> Where do you go, Bernadette and Apollo ten and a half, I believe, are the three after this. Yeah, okay. Well, where'd you go, Bernadette? I don't really know. <laughs> where did she go? What? Honey, where did you go? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I feel like he but even School of Rock, I'm thinking there must have been some kind of offensive stuff in there that I've probably skipped that's over. The, that's two thousand three. Everybody was yeah, the but last. I think it's also nice. some weight stuff in that for sure. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Oh, it's also quite pro-weight. Yeah, but black, I, black like completely like embodies yeah. who he is in that. Yeah. But then it's like, does it have to be a commentary on it at all? Like, people can people just? Mm. I mean, there will be commentary on it. Mm, <laughs> I know from, my, from being a child of my mum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think it's nice that film kind of like charts in a way I like when people don't try and 
because I know there's a lot of things now with film where they put like disclaimers ahead of stuff. Like, mm. didn't they do this in front of The Wizard of Oz or was it something else? I think they do it before Gone with the Wind. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what was in The Wizard of Oz? I mean, there's a lot in The Wizard of Oz, but. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's the one I think. Yeah, where they put like disclaimers in front of it. And I do think, Aladdin, you know, it is important. As well. I think Disney Plus will put oh, in really? front of yeah. older Disney films. Yeah. Yeah, I think that there is a lot of that now of like kind of understanding where we've came. And I know that people kind of think it's, there's a lot of discourse around that of like, we shouldn't be erasing history, but it's like, it's okay to keep these things there and kind of acknowledge that they, and again, this no, is so completely. not the film to be having this conversation well, about no, because it's it really is. not that. I think, well, I think it is interesting because obviously, yeah, that language is there. And I do think part of it is probably staying true to the era that it's set in. Um, uh, yeah, it's like the, that debate of how do you stay true to the era without... Yeah, that it makes it better, but um, mm-hmm. it's it probably, you know, that is probably how, how those characters would talk in that time period. Um whether that improves the movie for some and lessens it for others is another conversation. Um, but no, I think you are right. Like, obviously we can't erase what happened. <laughs> we can't erase the past. Yeah. And it's dangerous too, as well, because yeah. it, then you it just creates this kind of ideology of like, Oh, everything's always been fine. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Whereas like, you know, there's, there's a, ne- a necessity to kind of reconcile our past with our present and future. No, we've got um, to live on the, in the world of nothing has ever been fine and it never will be. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> so before we move on, is there anything else that you would like to say about everybody wants some at all? Or have we got everything that we would like to mention? Um, I feel like I've spoken far too much. <laughs> Oh, uh, soundtrack. Oh, the soundtrack is good. Yeah. I do have the soundtrack on compact disc. Compact disc. (laughs) Love that. No, I do. I appreciate when a film like actually uses music, um, in a way like that. (laughs) I do like the, um, I don't know if you guys stuck around through the credits, but I do like all the characters doing their rapper's delight. Um, I find that very fun. Yeah. Yeah. I like when a movie kind of loves music um, and when a director kind of really, when you kind of feel a director like, oh, this is what I would have listened to and what I kind of wanted in there. And I love when films are representative of the people who made them. That is one of my favorite things about film. Cool. Right. Well, (laughs) there we have it. Thank you very much for joining us, Jack. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you and, for having me. Um, if you want people to find you, where where can they find you? Uh, just on the street. Just on the street. Uh, yeah. Nice. Um, you can follow me across various platforms by going to the increasingly annoying handle of JFG in Digital 3D. I thought it was funny in 2011. It's not funny anymore. <laughs> um, just like things that we can't erase from the past. <laughs> My Twitter comes with a disclaimer. Um, <laughs> Everything uh, comes with a disclaimer. Um, you can follow me there. Um, and uh, hey, if you're in London in December, 
come see Sleeping Beauty at the Bridewell Theater. Oh <laughs> yeah. There are so pl- many of your like performances that I wish I like could get out and see. Oh, it's fine. They're they're fine. You're you're not missing too much. <laughs> you've got you've got plenty good theater where you are. <laughs> <laughs> but they haven't got you, Jack. Oh yeah. Not yet, amen. Now, uh, before we go, um, what other Annapurna films are you a fan of? You said you had a list. You had your ranking list of Annapurna films. Yeah, I got my, my ranking list. So, um, I love um, If Bill Street Could Talk. Um, yes. When you guys were looking for people to come on, I was like, oh, I do love that movie. And I was like, but I'm not the right person to talk about that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, I think Phantom Fred is wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. uh, big book smart fan because I'm a person. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Such a mood. Um, as well as Hustlers. Sorry to bother you. And then I've got my controversial one. Oh, okay. Okay. My controversial one because I've listened to you guys' episode on it. Oh, no. And, and uh, I, 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 I went hard for Spring Breakers. Jack. Uh, um. <laughs> Did you see it when it came out? Did how was that? Uh, okay, well that'll be why. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you off the hook. <laughs> um, I I I like Annapurna in general. I think they've got a great back catalogue. Um, we think so. Too. I'm we so completely agree. episode. No, I'm so grateful. As we said, we're so grateful when anyone comes on, and especially like tells us about like things about the film that we didn't pick up on ourselves. Like I feel like all of our guests always have just a really great insight and kind of help us understand not just the film, but also the studio's journey. So I'm always really, really grateful to anyone who joins us. I'm so happy to be here and to offer that and to waffle on for as much as I can about movies. <laughs> it is the best thing that can po- that we can all possibly do. So before, fi- finally, finally, before we go, you must speak the ever immortal words. See you across the Annapurnaverse. Hold on a second. Sean's got competition for number oh one spot. Oh my gosh. <laughs>